Welcome to the Love, Sex and Intimacy podcast for women who want to experience intimate relationships and sex that are pleasurable and passionate, happy, thriving and deeply fulfilling. With my very special guest experts guiding lights and pioneers in their specialist areas, we'll be breaking down the myths, exploring the difficult stuff, the good stuff and seeing what's possible for love, sex and intimacy at this time of rapid change. In these candid and intimate conversations, I'll be bringing you the best of sex and relationship education, full of practical ways to support and inspire change in your intimate life. I'm your host, Sarah Rosebright. Whether you're curious about what's possible or you're already committed to exploring, I'm so happy you are here. Welcome to this conversation with Sarah Tilly. Recorded late last year, Sarah is founder and CEO of Beautiful Space Wellness, a legal and safe psilocybin-assisted therapy program for couples and individuals with a focus on modern relationships and sexual wellness. It was really inspiring to hear about Sarah's unique work and her client's experience. So whether you're familiar with psychedelics or curious to find out about working therapeutically with psychedelics, this is a fascinating conversation. Enjoy. Welcome to today's episode and I'm actually extra excited about the episode today and it's a conversation with Sarah Tilly so I'll let you introduce yourself and all the amazing work that you do. Hi Sarah, thank you so much for having me here. Um, Yes, I am a psychedelic guide. I am a CEO CEO and founder of Beautiful Space. I'm a couples therapist and I work with sex and relationships with legal psychedelics. Mm. So um, I do online screening and integration and then I go to the Netherlands to do medicine days. Soon enough, we're going to have our own clinic in the Netherlands. So, you know, we're going to be saving on carbon emissions there. Fantastic. And so for people listening, um, I'd love to firstly hear how you got into this work. And yeah, let's start there. There's many starting points to how I got into this work um I mean curious person um I started with my own journey at 15 I went into therapy um you know I was I have my own trauma story which I was born into and that made me hyper aware of the difference between me and my surroundings um it also encouraged me to create a very supporting network around myself. Um, I got married at uh, in my late 20s and I got divorced in my middle 40s and it was that divorce that really changed the direction of my therapeutic work. Um, I have been working with plant medicine and altered states for 20 years. Um, I originally uh, trained as a homeopath Um, I absolutely loved it. I I wanted to be a doctor as a child and instead I became a violinist and had an amazing uh, profession there doing all sorts of um, fantastic work. Um, But the calling to work with medicine and people never went away. Um, And at the end of my divorce and, you know, really uh, having, you know, all those triggers once again kind of come back into my life of separation anxiety and attachment um 
you know, I, I looked at how my trauma story had affected the last 20 years of my life. And I knew that I needed to transfer what I was doing into uh, couples and sex so that, uh, you know, I could really inform myself about that. So I'm a long-term long -term student of Esther Perel. I've been studying uh, her with her for, for over five years. Um, and yeah, I created a wonderful program with Tavistock Relations, um, staff uh, for the beautiful space uh, 14 module program of relationship wellness and you know moving through then to use psychedelics as an intervention uh, was really part of bringing all the old training of hypnosis regression work which I was trained in as well um, you know he, you know all sorts of shamanic training which I did uh, at homeopathy school um, I brought that forward and then kind of integrated it into my psychedelics work. Mm, how did the psychedelics work emerge? Was that for your own experience or? It was, I saw what was happening with psychedelics in 2018. This is, I'd already started Beautiful Space um, and we were running uh, courses for relationship wellness. Um, and I saw what was happening in, in the world of psychedelics, uh, which was once again, this blueprint of the pharma companies, you know, give a pill and you get better. And I just thought I need to step in here. I can't not, I need to step in and let people know that they can have a psychedelic experience without taking um, drugs and to really help them understand about creative visualization. So um, I created this thing called Psychedelic Mindfulness, which goes now to Wilderness Festival. I just did Mind Body Spirit Festival. Um, I'm doing Mind Body Spirit Festival in London next year. Um, and we go into Soho House and do this as well. And it is uh, teaching and educating people on the legalities and what psychedelics is, is bringing to healthcare and mental health. But then the nature of music um, mm. as the adaptogen and then coming, helping people understand creative visualization. So that is the very beginning of understanding how the imagination can really help people um, with a psychedelic experience. Mm, I love that phrase, psychedelic mindfulness, um, because there's a lot of, um, uh, what's the opposite word of mindfulness? Um, yes. <laughs> there's a lot of that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And so when you, um, so at the moment you work, so this work is, you work abroad for doing this work, because obviously it's, it's not legal in the UK. So I'd love to just ask a little bit about the psychedelics aspect before we dive more into the couples is, you know, there's such a huge growth in this the last few years. Why do you feel that is? And how do you see that impacting on mainstream healthcare? Um, I'd love to hear about that. In 2017, there was a paper published um, from Imperial College, and it was about depression and uh, psilocybin. And the outcome of that has really helped people to understand, and the biotech companies and the pharma companies, um, how we are ready for a new drug in the market. You know, we're looking at the 70s for Prozac. These are one of the last drugs that came into the market 
the patents have all run out for these things. And we're looking in that the mental health care crisis um, has boomed. You know, we don't just have lockdown. We have all of this kind of existential crisis. We have all of this kind of the whole, the whole knowledge of wellness has changed and adapted uh, in the last 50 years. Mm. So we're looking for a new drug in healthcare. We've had research, which was very timely. Then we had Michael Pollan's book, which was How to Change Your Mind, which came out in 2019, I think it was, um, which just, you know, we call it a, a blip in the timeline of humanity. You know, it's really opened the door for so many of, not just people like me who have worked in healthcare for 20 years and worked, done my own self-development for 45 years. Um, it is, uh, it's out there, it's mainstream, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Nine yeah. Perfect Strangers, um, you know, there's, there's so much, um, uh, Fantastic Fungi is another um, fantastic film on the basis of mushrooms and potential for psychedelics. And then, um, yeah, there's other fantastic books. Um, uh, the Entangled Life by Merlin Sheldrake yeah. is another fantastic book on the kingdom of mushrooms. And do you see the legal landscape changing in the UK? Oh, that is uh, a long-winded question. <laughs> we have public access rights, which is hashtag public uh, psilocybin access rights. Um, they are really pushing for a change in the scheduling, that it actually gets onto the table and into discussion that we can have psilocybin brought uh, into therapeutic use. Um, right now in the US and Canada, there has been change. So we can only hope right now, nothing is changing in the UK, yet there is lots and lots of talk now and it's mainstream, you know, Eventbrite, all you have to do is, you know, kind of Google psychedelic talk and you've got, um, you know, wonderful uh, research scientists, um, papers being published all the time on the cost benefits of what uh, psychedelics um can offer the healthcare system yeah yeah it's a big 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 wave isn't it shifting for sure so so in terms of your work um i was very impressed you know when i read through your website the depth and of, of the holding um that you offer in the work and you've got the stages of screening preparation dosing integration it goes on for a few weeks so I'd love you to, and, and safety feels so much at the core of that. So I'd love you to speak to the, the process that you work with. Yeah, uh, the program that I created was really cherry picking from um, Canada, MAPS, um, you know, their protocol, uh, Imperial College, uh, Synthesis Institute. Um, I, I tried for a while to sit on the sidelines and let the scientists and the academics, you know, leave it to them. And then I just had to step in there. It was like, oh, I can't not say anything. I have to, I'm going to have to create my own program. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, uh, there's a screening, there's assessment for risk. You know, we um, screen out uh, people with history of bipolar psychosis, 
um, schizophrenia. Um, and then we bring them into initial um, understanding of their story. So the screening is a case taking of the whole of their story is written down in the form of a timeline. So that's mental, emotional, spiritual and physical. Um, and really kind of focusing on family of origin and any trauma that has been experienced. And then the person over a three month period, it is 18 hours of contact. So in between there is psycho education as well, reading books, podcasts, listening to music, um, doing breathwork exercises. Um, it is a, a whole kind of unique wellness plan is created for the individual and the couple. So couple exercises as well. Um, so there's a screening and then there's preparation. So it's understanding the story of the relationship and the story of these two individuals um, that have, you know, created this story and listening to the language, what they're bringing into their relationship. What haven't they spoken about? Uh, most people come because they're not having the sex that they want and they're facing divorce. Um, yet then what becomes part of the case taking and then preparation too is what kind of relationship they do want to have, what kind of intimacy they do want to have, um, where we need to break the lines, the inherited patterns that has come through the lineage of the women, for example. Mm. And then we do a medicine day, which is eight hours. That's the bit that goes to the Netherlands. Uh, the Bahamas is another place where psychedelics is legal. Um, so I get to go there as well. Um, and then we you know, f extract the story of what happened, you know, in regard for the intention that we've been crystallizing along the way. And then we have a series of four uh, integration sessions afterwards really to really hone in and bring into practice daily practice is something I talk about from the very beginning you know into daily practice these uh, methods and tools while the brain is open to relearning mm. and that's the neuroplasticity mm, yeah so that place that the the psychedelics come in to open that up mm. and to uh, integrate those new ways of being so I really got that from your website as well the level of care that's taken to daily practice yeah. and integration yeah absolutely yeah uh, I mean the the website is just now uh, we have a science advisor um, on our team who's at Imperial he specializes in sex um, and psychedelics so you know they're kind of we're adding more and more science to the website as well which is really great for all of us to learn what happens to the brain under the influence of a dose of psychedelics um, you know what happens under MDMA and what happens under psilocybin and then there are other drugs which will come into uh, into use as well within the whole psychedelics market. I only work with psilocybin just because of its legalities. Mm, okay. And you, so you mentioned that I was really surprised when you shared that the majority of people, women, uh, couples that come to you are at the point of divorce. So I'd love to, do they come to you, find you as a last resort? I'd love to sort of hear how how they find you and what sort of things they're presenting with. It's quite interesting because, you know, as word gets out, you know, and I hear the language of uh, the clients that I work with, you know, conventional couples therapy, it's dreary. There's arguments in an office, in a boring office. Um, you know, there's nothing, what, where's the hope 
in couples therapy. And actually now we have this other thing which you get high, you laugh, you giggle, and you see your partner from and your relationship from a whole new perspective. So, you know, immediately there's a there's some there's something different. Um, and that's fun, that's exciting. Um, you know, world world will um, you know grow as this occurs. The treatment is expensive right now, it has to be, uh, because we are at the very beginning of this and we are, you know, kind of writing down the research, you know, employing all of these things so that we can then make it cheaper and, you know, do online programs, which are just preparation mm. and integration, which are much, much cheaper and, you know, kind of video things. We're working on that as well at the moment mm. as well. Amazing. I love that. Presented two options there, couples therapy in a jury office, or come and have some fun and break the patterns and yeah. find some laughter and pleasure again. I mean, it's yeah. just a, so have most people um, done psychedelics before they reach you or is it often a new thing? Um, some people have tried it uh, and they, but I would say actually the majority of people who come now as a last resort mm -hmm. um, have tried conventional couples therapy. Mm -hmm. They have seen uh, articles that are published about my work in, yep. uh, you know, kind of widely published now. Um, and it is, they want to try something new um they have never tried psychedelics before and very often you know people want to people want this because they want something different but very often I'm the person that's helping them to understand what it is that they want mm, yeah they often know what they don't want but they're yes. <laughs> not so clear on what they do want so yes exactly which is a wonderful position to be in absolutely 100 percent. and so what sort of transformations do you, people work with you experience? Well, if you consider that um, every couple that comes is, well, I should say 90%, actually I'm working with one particular couple at the moment. They're, they're not looking at divorce, but they're looking at the next phase of their life. And so you know, the children are ready to fly the nest um so it, every couple comes at a point of change and so what we're looking at is their relationship beforehand and the relationship that they want every couple leaves experiencing um the very beginning of their change and the ability to be able to visualize the future story that they're creating any couple that is coming who's facing divorce a hundred percent um uh stops talking about divorce wow wow that's a phenomenal figure <laughs> i know it it is uh i'm so grateful to be able to offer this into into their lives of course they have to call me up so it's all down to them really and taking uh, a big leap of faith um you know intimacy is a big part of what has fallen away for the couple um, or they, you know, they understand that they can have something different compared to what their parents had and what they witnessed their parents growing up, uh, the relationship uh, and family of origin. So, you know, through the re-education that uh, psychedelics offers as a window of re-education, 
um, with the neuroplasticity, we bring in exercises, intimacy exercises. We facilitate deep conversations. Often there's a trauma that is playing out, uh, a childhood trauma that is still playing out in the adult relationship. Um, there might be hidden secrets that are diverting the whole relationship, you know. Um, very often um, the key thing that we're able to focus on is the sacredness of the relationship and the sacredness of sex and intimacy that they want, which provides exclusivity for them. So even, you know, one of my specialities is consensual non-monogamy. Even if at this point of change, they want to open up their relationship, what I help them do is bring in ceremony and mindfulness in order to create that exclusivity as well. Mm. So lots and lots of things are different. Wow. And so when you say about the, the sacredness of sex and intimacy, um, how does that change for couples? What's, what's different? What do they do in practice? What sort of, yeah, I'd love to hear the picture of that. It is eye gazing, mm -hmm. being witnessed by the other, our understanding of what intimacy and eroticism is, you know, is so different from what it's, uh, what we understood it to be 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, even five years ago. So helping couples uncover that language for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, eye gazing exercises, breathing together um, is another uh, intimacy exercise. Um, I use a lot of the wheel of consent in my work. You know, we've had this whole Me Too movement. We know that traditionally women have sex um, for the other person. It, the pleasure is based on the other person. And it is helping uh, couples to renegotiate this, you know, and in there is the intimacy and sacredness of the divine feminine that plays a huge part in the relationship. You know, through the work of Esther Perel, the language that I'm bringing to them is female empowerment and male vulnerability. Mm. You know, and how do we renegotiate that in order to create equality and a non-hierarchical relationship? Mm. Wow. And, and do you find that couples really take to this language and this process? What, what might be um, places that can be obstacles for them with it? It is definitely the use of the word patriarchy. Uh, that's quite um, hard for men to swallow. Um, yet, you know, sometimes I'm hurt, I can be heard to be saying in front of the couple, this is a to to the female side, this is a conversation that you and I need to be having rather than it's this isn't necessarily a couple conversation. Um, loss of uh, you know, kind of sexual function is a difficult uh, conversation within the mm. relationship. There's grief on the male side, you know, if it's uh, erectile dysfunction, for example, um, you know, how we handle that in the couple dynamic is, uh, is enlightening and it's a beautiful thing to be able to facilitate very quickly. You know, what's the difference between conventional couple therapy and this type of work is conventional couple therapy, it was as long as a piece of string. Mm -hmm. You know, 
you're just dancing around in circles, you know, you're kind of bringing what happened this week into the office and, you know, kind of trying to find out where the ending line for their behavior to change. With psychedelics, it's an intervention with a three month program. It's very clear the work that needs to be covered. We're looking into the shadow side. We are changing behavior and psychedelics gives us this whole new way of doing that successfully. Mm. Yeah, that's incredible. And when you sort of say with the con consensual non-monogamy, for where does that work for couples? Do you see patterns or themes in where that feels that the that's the, the potential of that working harmoniously it is? You know, um, either couples will come and they know it's a topic that they uh, already include in their life and they haven't been able to ex establish a ritual and ceremony around their own exclusive behavior with each other in order to allow safety for the other to be curious. Or one side of the relationship is, it feels it more than the other. So it is, you know, how to bring safety into the relationship, helping both, both parts of the couple or more than two, um, to negotiate safety and security and a new language. Um, it is, it's wonderful to be able to have the intervention of the psychedelics in order to open up the conversation very quickly to get to the point of attachment theory, attachment styles, um, childhood trauma, why, where jealousy sits on this spectrum. And then we bring in the, the whole kind of new framework and format of how to operate within uh, you know, consensual non-monogamy. And then it's up to them to go and do it respectfully. Mm. And to try, you know, in that, in that landscape, it's trial and error every step of the way for any couple. Mm. I bet that's lovely for some people to hear. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. So much failure in consensual non-monogamy. It sounds like what you're doing is offering a landscape that has that sets up some very essential pieces around safety, attachment, and different things that make it very much more possible in a different way. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's wonderful to be able to include all of this in a program rather than leave it up to you know conventional couples therapy is as long as a piece of string yeah so it sounds like the pro the education piece and mm -hmm. consciously bringing that in proactively is building the blocks forwards rather than mm -hmm. <laughs> struggling around in the soup of what's there so yeah, yeah. so you talk about um how you build sort of erotic and intimacy skills and you know one of the things i feel think is really important to reiterate is finding a new language for this because so many people and I know that's going to be true for many listening we don't have a language to navigate all of this because it is emerging it is changing and shifting so much so and I love the concept of the the, the, the title of the course that you set up in terms of relational wellness like you're already um, putting in the center of that how do you create wellness mm. so what do you see as some of the really core as you've mentioned a few already but love to hear more about that the sort of intimacy and erotic skills that are foundational for healthy relationships communication skills you know in there is listening skills um being fully present in a conversation setting time aside prioritizing your relationship putting a lock on your bedroom door if you've got children 
um, creating a space where you can be curious and explore the nature of even you know what eroticism is at this stage in your life and at this decade of your life because it changes through each you know the arc of a long-term relationship you know even at the beginning of a relationship you know a young relationship it's on exploring what eroticism means that it is pleasure that it, there is a vibration in the body, that there is a sense of ceremony around one's own body, yet that needs to be explored within the couple dynamic, giving each other space to, you know, and this is a key phrase in what I do, is freedom within relationship. Mm. You know, what does that actually mean to each individual? And inevitably it means something different to everyone. Um, so, and, you know, when we work with the wheel of consent and we have two people operating from within the wheel, we understand that authentic relating means that we don't take offense when some, someone says something to us, which is true to them, but might not be something that we are expecting to be told. Mm. So all of this daily practice is so important to be able to, you know, um, have 10 minutes you know some of the things I prescribe um, are a 12 second hug every day or um, <clears throat> even a walk around the garden every day you know to have that moment um, I was just working with a couple and it was to take um, 12 minutes every day just for the next month and to do the three minute game which is something that we do within the wheel of consent and it's to take it in turns may I and will you and to you know kind of just listen to what you can give and what you can take mm. yeah the wheel of consent's wonderful the very first episode of this podcast was with robin dalson who oh, okay who um wrote the book with betty so yes. I, that's a uh, episode one you can go and listen to if it's not familiar with it because it's such wonderful work and sexological body work is a, a wonderful tool within my tool bag you know, that I really help people to understand the language and the nature of sensation and eroticism. Yeah, yeah fantastic. So, so for couples, there's some lovely things to just experiment with the three minute game, the 12 second hug, um, very simple things that bring that ritual, ritual and ceremony into the everyday. And you talk about relationship 2.0, we were having a little conversation about that beforehand. So would you like to share what that is? Yes, it was something that one of my clients came up with. I can't remember if she came up with it or I did. Well, we did together. Um, you know, always there's a fantastic dynamic that develops between myself and my clients. <clears throat> and I learn as much as they learn. You know, it's reciprocal work. Um, so Sex 2.0 was really, you know, how do you come back together after you've come apart? You know, we can have all these kind of mental and emotional tools of crossing the bridge and building trust. And but how do you actually, you know, in the words of Esther Perel, own the wanting? How do you reach out that hand? And um, and what do you do once you've reached out to that person? You're not going to have the same sex as before in your 20s or 30s or 40s, you know, the, the, the previous story. And actually sex 2.0 refers to the type of sex that you then want to have in accordance to the new identity that you, that is, you know, giving birth within you. 
you know, we're looking at the divine feminine, we're looking at the empowered woman, we might be looking at um, a woman post-menopause, you know, what does sex look and feel like? Um, you know, it's not penetration, it is uh, stroking, it is um, a yoni massage, it is eye gazing, it is understanding when say, where, uh, arousal and desire and communicating that with your partner. So these are the very baby steps in stepping towards a different type of sex. And also what sex, the meaning of sex now when you're not producing children. You know, if you're in a relationship that is 50 years, you know, sex might be, you know, considered a type of, you know, reproductive type thing in your 20s and 30s and then coming through to your 50s and 60s and 70s, you know, how, you know, we know we want intimacy. So it's a referral to the type of intimacy that mm. we can redefine as sex 2.0. And what sort of age group do you have of people who come to you? I work with people in their 20s all the way up to their 70s. Mm. It's very different, you know, working with people in their 20s and then working with people in their 70s. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> how, how is it different? I'd love to hear. Mm -hmm. I, I was just uh, with someone in their 70s this week. It's... Um, there's a real kind of sense of satisfaction and knowing in your 70s. Um, you know, there's there's also a, what I call a calcification and a cantankerousness that comes along with that. And so I have to be a different type of therapist to okay. that than yeah. I do in my 20s where, you know, there's a lack of confidence. Yeah. You know, they're still breaking your way into adulthood and defining the personality and identity and, you know, what does that look like compared to the surroundings? You know, very much the 70s, you know, there's a certain isolation that happens there. But in the 20s, they're kind of really out in society. Mm. You know, I think something that's worth mentioning, you know, when we're looking at psychedelics and sex and relationships, that very often there's a kind of subclinical depression and anxiety going on that we are able to address, address and that will have a holding on the relationship. And if you can an anticipate that someone in their 70s who's been suffering with subclinical depression and anxiety, they might have lost a partner, you know, they might have lost everything and then had to come back um, compared to someone in their 20s. The issues are very different. Yeah. Yeah. And they're fascinating. And you mentioned there about female empowerment and the divine feminine, and you offer a program working uh, purely with women. So I'd love you to share about this program, why women come and see you, what are some of the themes that you're working with, some of the results that you experience as well? Yes, uh, I created, um, I've been working in education for 30 years. So I really kind of, you know, designing a program is second nature to me. And when I designed the couples program, there was something missing from all of that. And, you know, I looked at my client base and I looked at who's coming and the kind of messaging and the work I was doing with them. And I was like, okay, that absolutely needs to be in the couple program. There needs to be an individual program of female empowerment in there. Um, and in there, we are working with um, female sexuality, female pleasure. You know, uh, The Pleasure Gap is a book, one of my first recommendations, Catherine Rowland. Brilliant book. You know, the history of why we, you know, 
why we defer, why we, uh, you know, the pay gap, you know, the gender pay gap, you know, why we have low self-confidence, how our, you know, our career break has, you know, informed where we expect to end up at the end of our lives and the orgasm gap as well, you know, you know, um, so that's a, a big part of the re-education. Um, you know, we come through to um, Michaela Bowen, her work as well, Wild Woman. That's a course um, that I have integrated into the female empowerment program. You know, how to be a wild woman, the song of your heart. What is the toning that you use when you orgasm? You know, how to make a great noise you know, when no one's listening and, you know, what kind of breath to use, you know, that's the seat and the basis of the orgasm, you know, how to allow your mind to delve into the erotic mind and know that it's okay to do all of that um, and how to put yourself first. That's in the yeah. female program. Hormones as well, what happens through the whole kind of process between maiden, mother and crone. Mm. what we're supposed to be doing through all of that mm. beautiful and do you work in groups with women with this with psychedelics or individuals or uh, I work with groups online women's uh, and in retreat um, and then yeah I work with women individually as well mm. and what sort of um what sort of things do you see in the women that you work with what transformations do you witness earning more money Mm -hmm. um stopping pleasing some of them step away from sex for a while um changing jobs um you know a lot of women who come to me are very pro professional really excruciatingly hard working um you know what is the notion of self-care you know how to not go out with your friends and, and drink wine and stay in and stroke yourself in front of the mirror you know, <laughs> and put some music on and to really enjoy that. And um, it's, you know, I'm very privileged to help women wake up in mm. that way. Yeah, it's, mm. it's, I absolutely love that work. Mm, beautiful. And for women listening, maybe you could share uh, one or two of your favourite practices that you work with your women on. I should say that the, most women, well, first of all, psychedelics that are illegal here in the UK, uh, I should make a statement, I'm not condoning uh, the use of illegal drugs at all. Um, however, we know there's an underground movement. Um, a lot of the women that I work with go on to microdosing and it helps them build focus. It helps them to continue to put themselves first. Mm. It helps them to remember and reclaim um, the story that is theirs. Um, some of the exercises that I give them will be, <clears throat> a pleasure exercise. So it'll be, you know, the, the very conventional one of just, you know, kind of stroking the inside of your, the palm of your hand. So we'll do this on camera. So if this is preparation work um, and just to start identifying the nature of pleasure um, to understand. So one of the other exercises, that's the very first exercise. It's wonderful. I'll get them to do it daily. You know, just understand that it sends shivers, you know, down the body. Where else do you feel that in the body? Journaling, 
is absolutely priority, you know, morning pages is to just talk to yourself in, in cultivate internal dialogue. You know, this is so personal to you. No one is ever going to understand you better than yourself, even myself as a therapist, mm. you know, un start to understand yourself. And um, thirdly, just um, cultivating, you know, a sense of the sisterhood and building trust and community around yourself. Know who you can trust. Don't tolerate bad behavior. You know, stand up for yourself. Understand this rising senses that are in yourself, which is the nature of uh, inspiration and intuition and start mm. to give intuition a voice. Mm. Mm, fantastic. Thank you. And I love the way you described journaling there as a way of cultivating that inner dialogue and that inner sense, because for so many women, we have just learned to not put ourselves first and and it's that's a, a big practice and a big step isn't it for so many women to recalibrate that and and start afresh with um their value their worth their importance i think also you know for for i'm in my mid 50s um but you know you know, when we cast our minds back at the role models our mother, you know, set for us, very often we expect to be signing off at this stage and to be going off downhill into something that is knitting by the fireside and penniless. Um, and actually, I love helping women to wake up to the nature of repurposing themselves. You know, what did they always want to do as a child? And so one of the exercises we'll do is create a timeline of all the different changes they have made in their lives, how they felt before, what their body was telling them, what were the forces that were stopping them doing it, and what was that thing that propelled them to do it no matter what. Mm. And really helping to re-identify those feelings right now, why they're in therapy, why they need to take psychedelics in order to be able to do this and manage change for them. Mm. So yeah, it's a great use of psychedelic therapy. Mm, I noticed there was a theme of purpose on the website and as yes. well as so I'd love you to speak to that what 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 do people <laughs> is it a question people come with or is it something that wakes up in them through the process very everyone comes because they want change that's the most common theme between everyone um interpreting their version of change when they say I'm fine okay but what's the fine feel like and how do you actually think you can feel and what is the calling inside you and you know we start to break down this uh what change could look like um and you know it could be very very practical how much money does that cost how what's your income you know what are you going to do in order to cultivate more financial uh, abundance uh, and wealth is something which we now expect in life and that's very different from a hundred years ago. So we can almost say that abundance is something that we have, yet many of us don't realize it. Mm. So you help people to tap into that and connect with that. And that can just be adopting a positive mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And appreciating the moment, you know, it is, I, I like to work in kind of practices. So guided visualizations, um, you know, I recommend some of these things that are easily and freely available, you know, to really be able to sit in the moment and appreciate and count your blessings. And from there, you know, we, we develop a practice of gratitude.
Mm, yeah, and I was looking at some of the research that you quoted on your website, and one of the things was it was talking about how people spend so much time ruminating, and how psychedelics helps people to open up to the present moment and to drop into the pleasure of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, rumination is a you know a, a sign of depression. Um, we kind of take it for granted. We ruminate and we ruminate on the past. And five years ago, I still wish I'd said that instead of that. Uh, that is a sign of depression. Mm. Yet uh, that's what I meant by subclinical depression and anxiety. You know, uh, we see it as normal. You know, the myth of normal. Gabor Mate's new book, The Myth of Normal. We've forgotten what well feels like. It means inspired and purposeful. It means that we get out every day uh, of bed in the morning and just go, right, here I go, another day. Um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, so yeah, there's, there's a very big part of personal purpose and what we're all doing here mm. at this time in humanity. Yeah, and the world needs it more than yeah, ever. <laughs> a lot of, the world needs awake women. That's what the Dalai Lama says, doesn't it? The women all change the world. Here we are. <laughs> Welcome to this podcast. <laughs> um, so you mentioned um, as well that you'll get involved in some research specifically around psychedelics and sex and relationships. I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, I mean, it is a very exciting time in my career and a very long career, but here we are. And um, yeah, we're just starting to design research at Imperial um, on the first ever um, research is being published next year on sex and psychedelics. And it's just a kind of preliminary study uh, included in one that was already uh, going for depression. Um, yet it's been written as a whole paper on sex and psychedelics. So that one of those researchers is our science advisor and he's, uh, I mean, it turns out I'm kind of unique in what I'm doing. I kind of knew that anyway, that's why I did it. It's like no one else is doing it, so I'm going to, which is couples, uh, couples and psychedelics. So we're gonna do that research, we're just designing it. Um, it's gonna take about two years, but you know, kind of couples that come into my uh, program now from next year will be invited uh, into the research program as well. Um, you know, it's we're doing all of this long term. You know, what is healthcare going to look like in ten years' time? We're going to be digi health. You know, relationships are going to be a very big part of why we're ill or why we're healthy. You know, healthcare is not going to be centralised in hospitals and at the GP. It's going to be in the home. You know, and how you communicate with your partner, how you survive financially together. You know, how you co-parent. Um, how you co-parent within the dynamic of, um, you know, kind of the, the non-nuclear family, you know, all of these need talking about. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And is it, the, is it the Esther Perel's phrase and sort of the modern relationship she talks about? Yeah, what yeah. does that, what's yeah. that? Um, it is freedom within relationship. Okay. It, is, it is the kind of gay model, which is emotional freedom yet a secure attachment um you know it is what does polyamory look like can we go on holiday with our exes because we still share custody we're not going to have sex with them you know this kind of emotional freedom yet yeah. is exclusivity 
um, mm. within intimacy and, and ritual. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, from my knowledge of, it, I guess, couples therapy is not set up to, to really have those conversations, is it, in the way that, that Esther's work is bringing through with people like yourself? And yeah, absolutely. Mm. Mindfulness, you know, spirituality, sacredness, all of this is part of the modern relationship. Mm, yeah fantastic and your work sounds you know the, the, the research it's amazing that now this specific niche is going into to research which is just um wonderful so is there anything else you'd like to share that's sort of about your program or the work yeah. you're doing yeah I think that you know there's two things you know first of all it's clear through the research that couples who take psychedelics, not when they're having sex, but couples who take psychedelics therapeutically, they have more pleasure. Um, there is greater intimacy, there is behavior change, there is uh, a deeper communication. So that's what we have to look forward to. And then just about my work is, yeah, it's, I love it, you know, um, it is really well established now what works for couples in this framework of you know spending three months within a program um, to spend a year. We're actually um, writing a program, uh, researching and writing a program. There's four of us working on it on psych the uh, psychedelic couples therapy versus the cost of divorce. Mm. And when you look at those, there's such disparity there. You know, how do you negotiate, you know, a long term relationship and freedom within relationship, um, you know, over the course of a long relationship? It's something we all desire, yet there are many relationships to be had within one relationship. Mm -hmm. um, we don't need to stop growing just because we've identified a mate. Mm, and it feels like there was something I read I listened to a, a, another podcast with you and you know it was something about that just that message that we can grow together in relationship over time because you know as as you shared you know my, you know, my model of relationships over a period of time is that they sort of atrophy and um, you know no sex yeah no sex and, and all of these different things and that actually you're really putting this message out there that all of this is possible which that alone is a big message of hope for many people and you know the key thing in here is sustainability you know sustainability and climate change are very key and long-term commitment to that is um developing uh you know a partnership as tripping buddies you know, you don't need to keep coming and paying for this. I'm teaching both of you to be psychonauts. You know, what does that look like? What's the depth of safety uh, that you have? What's the protocol for taking psychedelics? Mm. And how do you do integration together? That's what I'm teaching couples. Mm, amazing. So for people who might be interested in what you offer, um, what would be their next step? reach out to me, go onto my website, uh, book in a 30 minute chat or um, just send me an email. Um, my assistant might get back to you. Um, you can come in, you know, kind of booking ahead into 2023. Um, but yes, uh, soon enough, I'll be permanent in the Netherlands and we'll be running retreats next year as well. So we can work with people and the the group dynamic which is the most wonderful experience to learn you know kind of from your peers in the group um so yes more of that and uh, come and you know kind of follow my work as well mm. and do you offer um 
one-to-one -one psychedelic experiences for couples if there's couples that don't want to work in a group for whatever reason? Yes, uh, absolutely. So uh, I work uh, with individuals, I work with couples, I work with groups. I do work online, so we don't need to do it in person. So uh, screening preparation is online. Uh, we all fly to the Netherlands for the medicine day that takes three days. So, you know, it's turning up, being there, getting acclimatized, the medicine day and then an integration day, and then people leave the next day. And then we go back online and we do integration. So, you know, it's, there's not too much disruption to people's lives. People come from America, they come from Canada, they're coming from all over the world to experience this. Mm, wonderful. So I'll put your website in the show notes. And um, is there a key place people can find you online? Yes, it's uh, my website, beautifulspace.uk, um, Instagram, sarah.tilly.wellness. You know, there have been articles written about my work. Um, I will be writing more blog posts and we uh, will be developing yeah, an online program, which is just the kind of preparation and integration. They don't need to take psychedelics. They, mm. want. they can re-educate themselves about their relationship and have a go by themselves as well. <laughs> Amazing, <laughs> fantastic. And as this is a sexy life <coughs> podcast, I always finish with what does it mean to live a sexy life to you? Ah, breathing, okay. going for a walk in the woods with my partner, holding hands, just taking time, saying sorry, mm. you know, crying being deeply honest is allowing each other space even though we don't know what on earth is going on with that person allowing them space to do their own thing even though it might not feel comfortable a weekend away um and talking about things that need to be spoken about the difficult conversations gently mm. Mm. finding a way to do it gently if it's going to cause an argument do it by email do it by text and remind each other that you know that you know the buttons that you're pressing, you know they're buttons of an old story, mm. and that you're creating a new story. Mm, beautiful. That's uh, such a beautiful place to finish. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for your time today. Oh, Sarah, thank you so much for having me. Really, it's an honour to be here. A pleasure. <laughs>